Hello, and welcome to Black Marriage Therapy, BMT for short. Here we become students of marriage in order to create healthy, long-lasting relationships. I'm your host, Kristen Smith, and in today's episode, we discuss attachment styles and how they have affected our relationship. this content, please follow us on Instagram at Black Marriage Therapy, rate us on your podcast platform, and share your favorite episode with a friend. We also have a unique opportunity for you to support this podcast monthly. All you have to do is go to our show notes and click the link to support this podcast. For as little as 99 cents per month, you could partner with us to continue to provide you with high quality content. Thank you. In this episode, we are jumping straight into it because we want to give this topic time. So in this episode, we'll be discussing what attachment styles are, why they are important, our experience with them, and tips and advice for you all. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode. Today, I'm not by myself. I'm joined by the amazing Mr. Smith. Introduce yourself. Hello, hello, hello. (laughs) All right. Today, we are talking about attachment styles. I want to break this down and demystify it as much as possible. I think that's the most important thing because I think just hearing attachment styles, like you're thinking like, what is that? Why is it even important? You know what I'm saying? So we're talking about attachment styles and our experience with them and how it still affects our marriage even today. Yes. And how understanding your spouse's attachment style is very, very advantageous for you and how it helps you guys in the everyday, day-to-day. Mm-hmm. So now Junior, I think, is more of an expert on this. I, I, I've learned it and I know about it, but I think Junior has done more research on it because <laughs> maybe I'd be getting on his nerves <laughs> because I think he recently just came up to me and was just like, oh, I read this book and this is what's going on and you're an island and I'm a wave. And I'm like, what? Speak English. But I got to explore it more in depth as well because I, I know it, but I need to know it more for myself. But it's been affecting our marriage. So let's talk about it. First and foremost, what are attachment styles? Junior, I'm going to let you go ahead and break them down. Okay, yeah. So attachment style is basically how you like to connect to people that you're in relationships with. And so we have these big moments in our life where we have really pivotal attachments. The very first one that everyone likely experiences is their attachment style to their parents. And, you know, our whole childhood upbringing, raising, things like that kind of modifies and shapes how we like to attach or connect in relationships. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, people may have other big, important attachments like, you know, husband, wife, maybe a girlfriend or boyfriend, you know, Mm -hmm, dated for mm -hmm. like 10 years, stuff like that. Right. So, yeah, I like that you put it in very simple words. Attachment style is basically how you connect with people. And I want to talk about more about the parents and our first major attachment. But let's just like quickly go over the three major attachment styles. Yeah. So three major attachment styles, pretty easy. The first one is anxious. That's what they call it. Anxious attachment style. I don't fully like that term anxious, but you know, I guess I'm saying that because I am that attachment style. (laughs) Exactly. Um, And basically what that means is whenever there's distance in a relationship, that produces anxiety in you. So it makes you a little bit insecure of your footing in the relationship. Whenever there's distance, not that you're always 
feeling that way. But when you start to perceive some distance, you feel anxious. And then naturally that makes you the pursuer. So mm-hmm. you're always trying to close the gap. And so mm-hmm. that's my attachment style. Kristen is the avoided attachment style. Mm-hmm. She's quite the opposite. She's very comfortable with distance in the relationship. Okay. It doesn't mean everything is, you know, burning over. And she would have to remind herself to actually get out there and connect, right? Put herself out there. And the last one is the secure attachment. And as I was telling Kristen, I feel like it really is just a mixture of both and timing, understanding when you need to pursue, understanding when it's okay to be by yourself. Mm -hmm, That mm -hmm. really is a secure attachment. And I think the best way to learn that is to have that model to you. And so Mm -hmm. as kids, the secure attachment has to be modeled to us so that we can understand times for us to pull away, times for us to pursue and do that in a healthy relationship to each other. Mm-hmm. So this is a perfect time to explain how that starts in, in the parent-child relationship because that's where it first begins. So the perfect example of this is that when you have a baby, if you're a parent out here, you know what I'm talking about. Or I think any person who has dealt with a baby, right? When a baby cries, when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply you respond to them. Now, what happens is that we think that we're just caring for the child, but that creates connection. It tells the baby that every time they cry, somebody will come. That is what builds a secure attachment. So what happens is as they get older and distance naturally happens, right? They have to go to school. They have to go to the the church, the the kids area at church. There's some sort of distance. They are securely attached because they know when I cry, if I need help, or eventually mommy or daddy or whoever my significant caregiver is will come back right so they build a healthy relationship between the distance and the closeness and they model that in adulthood and that's really what you want to build usually they say in the first three years of any child's life you want to build a secure attachment you want them to know that we're here right can you tell them about um enmeshment which is the opposite of that tell them the the two polar opposites of secure attachment well yeah so what happens what does that look like yeah so what happens when we have these variations or these variants of the secure attachment you have an anxious or you have avoidant avoidant there's some dysregulation there where a good example is let's say anxious right sometimes the parent comes sometimes the parent doesn't come right so that kid doesn't know when they're next connection is going to come. So they become insecure, right? So this may come with, you know, parents who are aggressive, abusive, you know, in abusive homes and things like that. It's just like the parent is so inconsistent that it makes a child anxious. So now the the child is like, that may spawn in them. And so it's different for every person, how they react to that. Right. So it may spawn in them for them to be like, Oh, I have to, I'm anxious. Like, okay, I need to go and and find my parent. I need to connect, 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 you know, because I'm anxious. So, and then for the avoidant, it's pretty much the same thing. As I was about to say, it's the same thing. (laughs) It's the same thing, except you respond in a way where it's just like, okay, I have to keep my distance because I'm not sure or secure in this person's response to me connecting in, in my parent, right. Or my main caregiver. I don't know how they're too volatile. They're too insecure. So therefore I have to protect myself. I'm going to avoid, I'm going to, you know, withdraw. And it's so interesting because in our children, 
we see both these things. Like Junior and I are aware and we're making sure that we create a secure attachment for them, you know, being there when, when they need us, things like that. But we see how both our children respond differently, right? My first child, she's, she could be anxious. Like if you distance yourself from her and we're teaching her, it's healthy to be distant, but if she feels too much distance, she'll, she'll chase, she'll pursue you. She'll like, hug me, mommy. No, you know, she, she, she doesn't stop. (laughs) My second child, if you hurt her or if she feels like you're, you know, ignoring her, she will go away. She will walk away. She'll play on her own. And let me tell you, pray for my baby because she can hold a grudge. Yeah. I feel like she'd be remembering and stuff like that. So it just goes to show you how every person is different, how they respond to this need for connection or when it's dysregulated and things like that. So secure attachment is usually what we're going for. And I do want to say this. I want to pause right here right now and say neither the anxious, the pursuer or the avoidant is wrong. Yeah. It's when you have those only. OK. Yeah. That's when that's incorrect, right? The person who wants to pursue, I'm not saying that you're you're wrong. The person who wants time by themselves and, you know, be by themselves, I'm not saying that you're wrong. I'm saying that we have to do a give and take of both, right? Mm-hmm. Balance is the, is the key to secure attachment. Yeah, but it but that balance comes from trust. That's the that's the thing. Like I use the baby example. You're able to have the balance of distance and closeness because there is trust in the the person you're attached to so you're saying right now if the the people listening now if they don't have trust in their spouse mm-hmm. they cannot get that security no because they'll be continuously in that dysregulated mindset of like well this person is withdrawing from me which means that they must be disconnecting from me which means that i have to chase 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 there's a lack of trust in your relationship there is like, and I'm not saying it's on a right. To, it may be for, from you. It yeah, may be from it them. May, it may be from you. It may not be the relationship. It, no, it could be from you yeah. or it could be from them because if they are more distant or they, you know, if they're not trying to make ways yeah. of connecting, which yes. we're going to talk further about, then that can definitely happen. That's an honest right? reaction. Yeah, that's an honest reaction. But if you are so anxious about it, if you feel so like your whole footing, you're insecure now about it, then that's something that you need to pay attention okay. to. That's a discussion that you guys need to have. If you are the avoidant person, the same thing is true. It's like, I don't need to connect or I don't want to connect because I'm afraid. Like, I don't I don't know. I don't trust that person enough. Like, they seem either me, it could be my perception or the person, but it's just like, I'm a little, I feel insecure. I would even, will I be loved? Will I be received? So I'm like, Oh, I have to just avoid. I have to just, get I would even bubble. go so far as to say, I want to protect myself. And I feel that I know I take care of myself the best. Yeah. So that you would see a lot of men like that, or even you were like that, where you came self-sufficient almost where it's mm. like, I don't need to kind of hang out with you. Cause I can hang out by myself. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it doesn't help that I'm interested. I like the shows that I like, you don't like them. So how about you go do your thing and I do my thing. But that's not going to work because we do need to make time for one another to Mm -hmm, connect. mm -hmm. So, yeah. So you can see already in our standard definitions and explanation why it's so important in relationships. And this is why we want to talk about it, because the things that happen to us in childhood, the, the ways we've learned to connect directly affect our our relationships and our marriage. And it doesn't go away. The good news is and we're going to talk a little bit more about that is that. Whatever you start with, if you start with anxious or avoidant, you can grow out of that. You can grow into a secure attachment. And what is beautiful is that our marriages are the second opportunity, usually because it's a 
it is the deepest relationship after a parent that yes. you're going to have. Yes. Right. So and then you have siblings and things like that. But usually marriage intertwines like all, all of, of the you. things. Right. Yeah. All of you. So marriage is an opportunity for you to rebuild a secure attachment. And we're talking about this because we both got to do this. We did. So Junior is anxious. I'm avoidant. And I would say we are both securely attached. Securely. Now. And now we're teaching our kids. to be And we're teaching attached. our kids. Because now we know what attached. that looks like. Exactly. So let's go more into detail with our attachment styles and our experience with it. Yeah. So I'll start with my attachment style. Like I said before, is more anxious. And whenever I perceive distance, mm. right, I would pursue, I would chase. Mm-hmm. And so as a man, I think I was also told by society that that's okay and that you should never be pursuing me. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so I really, did, I really didn't see any problem with it. Mm-hmm. I didn't see any problem with that. I didn't see any issue with it. Right. Just like how you said, you never felt any issue with being by yourself all the time, even though we're married. And so it's not until I started to upset you with things that I took to be distance and things that I took to be like actions that were disrespectful by you, things that I thought was a problem that really weren't. And Mm. and that's why I kept on saying perceived distance, because I, I would perceive distance in anything. That's the biggest issue that I had mm. with that attachment style. Okay. Is that, you know, it's never enough. Mm. And, and it's really taxing on, on the spouse. I felt that, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because for me, if I'm anxious, anything can set me off. And I'm always looking for more and more and more and more and more and more. Mm. And so that quickly became a problem because that can come across as needy mm-hmm. and come across, you know, if I'm upset and come across as me coming at you, you know, talking out the side of my neck. Mm. Right. That can come across as me blaming you for something that really you got nothing to do with. It's really work that I got to do it myself. Mm. So. So, yeah, when I started to see some of those negative things pop up from being the pursuer, and also, you know, one major thing that I also wrestled with was like, how come you don't pursue me as much as I pursue you? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, you know, it wasn't until you spoke to me and told me like, hey, it's a lot that you require of me. I realized, hey, maybe I don't need to be pursuing 100 percent of the time. Mm-hmm. Maybe I can work on myself to spend time by myself. Mm-hmm. Kristen loves her 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 space so much. <laughs> Let me go see what, what my space is looking like. Uh-huh. And I look at my space. I got nothing. <laughs> I got nothing to do. I'm twiddling my fingers. But mm. over time, I found so much security in our relationship that I'm not as anxious anymore. And I understand your attachment style. So even if you do get some distance, I understand, just like how you said with the parent, you're coming right back. Yeah. You'll be back. Yeah. And mm-hmm. in, and it's also healthy for me to give you that space. And guess mm-hmm. what? It's healthy for me as well to get some of that space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right? And yeah. so... It's been great. I've been learning so much more about myself, giving myself time to reflect on my attachment style. And so, yeah, I love it. This episode of Black Marriage Therapy, it's sponsored by BetterHelp. One of the things we always say on this show is that a healthy marriage begins with healthy individuals. One way to work on your growth is through therapy. My marriage was being affected by things I was going through on a personal level, but attending therapy helped me to work through my issues, which benefited my relationship positively. Therapy can be a place to work through the challenges you face in all of your relationships, whether with friends, work, your significant other, or anyone. If you would like to make a difference personally and in your marriage, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. 
designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime with no additional charge. Become your soulmate, whether you're looking for one or not. Visit betterhelp.com slash black marriage today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash black marriage. So for me, I am the avoidant one and essentially what the avoidant one is. And I think I think for a long time, I prided myself on being avoidant because it's I was telling myself, well, I don't need anyone. Yes. Which got me in a lot of hot water emotionally because that turned out to be so not the truth. And I think the main thing with avoiding is that when I sense trouble, when I feel like the relationship is not secure, I re- become a recluse. I go into myself to protect myself. And that is how I avoid. That is how I become, I distant, distance. And it's interesting because something that you said, you said that, you know, when you feel anxious, you pursue me. And, and what you tell me essentially is that I need you to feel secure. And I can feel that. And once I feel that, that makes me like mm-hmm. want to run away because I'm like, that makes me anxious. Like it, it makes me not want to connect with you because I'm like, I don't want that level of pressure. And I don't want to feel like you need me to be secure. Right. And I don't want to have to need you because if I need you, that means you might hurt me. And if you hurt me, that means I might have emotions I can't deal with and all those things. And that's really where I think the avoidant comes from. And so an easy way that we talk about this is the distancer and the pursuer. So if the attachment styles, maybe the lingo is too much for you, you can just think about it in a way of, am I the distancer or am I the pursuer? And usually most relationships have either a distancer and a pursuer. And I was the distancer. So the closer Junior got, the more I had to run away. Now, what's interesting is that I think I'm still growing a lot in this area, but I've come a long way. Sometimes I just get distant because also my personality. So I'm also an introvert. So Now my distance is not because I'm afraid of the relationship or I'm afraid of talking about hard things or avoiding hard things. It's more just like, oh, I got a lot of things on my mind. Let me go and take care of it. You know, let me go and just be by myself. And I'm learning now to communicate better and to talk to Junior and say, oh, this is what I'm noticing. This is what I'm experiencing. This is what's happening. And also working on remembering and reminding myself to pursue junior also to let him feel loved in that way where it's just like whether it's sexually or intimately or date nights or like noticing that he's doing well or you know that he's been helpful or whatever that thing is that is something that I'm working on now so that is our attachment styles and kind of you know how it how we act in our marriage, you know, how those attachment styles make us behave. Now, we wanted to give you guys some real specific examples. A perfect way is through communication, right? Communication. And I want you guys to really like listen for these things because these are things that you may be doing that may be frustrating you in your relationship. That may be a telltale sign that it's a difference of attachment styles. And maybe this is how you should address it, you know? So communication, I'll let Junior start with how his communication looks with the uh, anxious attachment. So remember, attachment styles is how you connect in a relationship. Mm-hmm. And these things like communication, intimacy, conflict, these are things that happen in relationships. So mm-hmm. of course, it's going to affect this. I mean, come on. So for me, as you can guess, 
my attachment style was anxious. So in communication, I needed her answer right here. Oh my god! Right now. Yes. Right. I couldn't allow any time to pass or mm-hmm. lapse in conversations. Mm-hmm. Like now we have it where she can go off and in a reasonable time, she can come back to me. That, that was not possible mm-hmm. in the beginning when I didn't have a good understanding of my attachment style. And so that's how it, it showed up in communication. Everything had to happen the day of, the moment of, mm-hmm. and on my timeline, honestly. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I would also, you know, control when the conversation starts, when the conversation ends, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. everything about that, right? Mm-hmm. And that would really put pigeonhole Chrislin. What about, because I'm curious about this, what about like the the pestering? Um, <laughs> you what, guys, what pestering? <laughs> you guys so much better with this. I wasn't aware. Yo, okay. it was pestering? Yo, really? Really? Because there's sometimes not only do you want the answer now, but you are like asking a million questions all in the same moment. Oh, OK. OK. That's not really pestering. What, what that oh, is. I'm calling is, it pestering. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's not. What that is, is that I don't understand why you can't give me an answer right now. Mm-hmm. It's so clear to me mm-hmm. and I could. I could talk about it right now, but yet you need all this like prep time. Mm. And so what I'm trying to do by asking you a lot of questions is trying to get you there quickly. So I'm mm. like, you know what? You know, almost like, you know. But you're overwhelming me. Yeah, exactly. That's mm. what it, that's what ended up happening. But I was trying to present in different angles, add different examples, get mm. you think about this, will help you think about that, which will help me get my answer faster. Mm-hmm. But in reality, you know, it was really just overwhelming you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really not pestering. Not Oh, oh, okay. Sorry. Okay. okay. Yeah. How, how does it show up for you in intimacy? Intimacy, I think the problem with avoidant, and, you know, I want to not say too much here, but I'm going to save it for my tips. Okay. Is that a lot of this stuff happens within your head. And so a lot of this stuff doesn't even have to leave your lips. Mm. It doesn't have to become an action. Okay. So with intimacy, of course, I want to connect. So that means same thing. I want to command when, we, when we're intimate. Mm-hmm. And that means whenever I have that feeling, I need it right here, right now. Hot and ready, Little Caesars, right? But you're way more than five dollars, and so I was thinking that that was okay because I just want to connect. That's a husbandly thing to do, mm-hmm. and plus, in my in my soul, I felt I needed some connection. Mm. I felt that there was some distance. Mm-hmm. I felt that this was the go-to solution for closing that gap, for pursuing you. You, you. feel it quicker than I do. I feel, feel it quicker yeah, than you do, yeah. which is a blessing and a curse. Yeah, 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 exactly. Unless you learn to really hone in on that skill, it'll just be a curse. Yeah, for sure. Because anything, social media, anything that pops up in your head that makes you perceive distance mm-hmm. will make you go and squeeze your spouse mm-hmm. and, and not choke in a good out. way. Yeah. yeah, choke them out. Yeah. And that's not that's not that's not good because now it's no longer about you and your spouse and where you guys are actually at. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. about all these other outside influencers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm. Because you haven't learned to quiet the noise of that going on Ooh. and actually reflect on the actual distance that may or may not even be there. Yeah. Right. So when you do learn to hone in on that, it's a blessing. Right. And, that, and now I don't even want to call it anxious. Now it's a secure attachment. Mm-hmm. But I'm more sensitive to our distance. Yeah, you are. And I can, I and can, now it's beneficial. It's now it's beneficial. It is, yeah, because it's been worked out. All the kinks have been worked through, mm-hmm. and so, so yeah, yeah. So for me, in communication, it shows up in avoiding, right? Uh, it shows up as a lack of communication. It shows up as uh, me going into myself and going into my head, um, which also came with telling stories in my head. Um, because I have to make sense of it for myself, right? Because I'm avoiding the situation. So I take whatever issues that we're having or whatever I'm experiencing, I kind of just fill in the gaps for myself. I process it out for myself. And I take action on that, whether that is a cold shoulder, whether that is passive aggressiveness, whether that is just pure distance, where it's just like, 
I'm going to withdraw. I, I remember having arguments or conversations where I'm disappointed and I will literally say to myself, like, all right, no problem. You won't hear from me again. Like, I, I'm going to go away now. I'm going to disappear. And that's really what the avoidant attachment style is. If you have heard or said something like that to yourself, you may be the avoidant type type. So I would say also in the intimacy side of the avoidant attachment or the distancer, it's there was, I think, in the beginning, a fear of intimacy, right? A fear of closeness, because the last time somebody got close to me, they disappointed me. They did not show up for me. So I don't want to get close. I, I'm going to distance myself from that intimacy, right? So that would look, I mean, sexually or like even emotional intimacy, all the different forms of intimacy. I just kind of want to protect myself. I kind of want to do my own self, my own thing. I want to be the lone shark, lone ranger, whatever, right? Because I am the safest thing I know. I am the safest place I know, no other person. So even in intimacy, that's what it looks like. It looks like me protecting myself and not... And not in having that fear of intimacy, but also there was a fear. And I had to explore this a little bit later on where I realized that when I pursue and I think most men know this to be true, but maybe women don't experience it as much. When I pursue, there's a fear of rejection. And when that rejection comes, then I have to feel that hurt again. Right. So especially as an avoider, it's easier for me to be like, no, I'm not going to pursue because I don't want to feel that rejection. I don't want to deal with those emotions. So it's just easier for me to not be the pursuer or like whether sexually or emotionally or anything like that. So that is difficult for me. I ain't gonna lie. I ain't gonna lie. I'm still working on that. I'm still working through that because it's just hard. It's, It's so ingrained. And I think that also my personality goes well with the avoidant (laughs) right if I was an introvert but I was the anxious type I think it'll be like you know or if I was extroverted and avoidant it'll be different right because I want to be in your face anyways I'm extroverted but I'm introverted and avoidant like sometimes it's not me being like trying to stay away from you sometimes it's just me recharging by myself and so even with that I have to be mindful of junior You know, there's so many days where I can put the kids down and just go straight to work and go, you know, watch TV or like without even thinking about it. And Junior has to tell me like, hey, don't you want to connect? And I'm like, oh, shoot, my bad. Like, (laughs) and it sounds bad, but I'm I'm really like being honest, like that's just what it feels like to me. So we don't want to leave you guys here on a cliffhanger. Of course, we've explained the attachment styles and our experience with it. So we definitely want to leave you guys with tips that we have learned personally that will help you to um, be aware of your attachment style and also how to work through it so that your marriage can be stronger and that you can you can move towards a secure attachment as we said even if you started bad in childhood marriage is an opportunity for you as an adult to build a secure attachment so i think the best way to build a secure attachment is for both of you guys to be mindful of yourselves right your attachment styles and the attachment style of the spouse Mm -hmm. right and then after that after being mindful of yourself and your spouse We want consistent action over time Mm -hmm. by us being consistent in our actions over time, um, remembering to consider the other spouse and remembering that we have things to work on ourselves. I think over time, that's going to build a a secure attachment. So, yes, doing the consistent action over time is what is going to build trust. So if you go right back from the beginning, what we talked about with the baby, it's the same thing, right? You want to consistently come back. You want to consistently connect. 
When you do that over time, it builds trust. It tells the baby, or in this case, your spouse, that you don't have to worry whether I'm away or I'm close, you know that I'm always going to be here, right? So it's that same thing. And I think that's, you said it perfectly. That is really how, in a very simple way, how you build a secure attachment. You you know what your attachment styles are. You know your weaknesses and your strengths with that attachment style. And you know your other spouse's attachment style. And with that mindfulness, you guys consistently work on building that connection. And I can we can tell you from experience that over time, you will be more secure where you know how to have distance and be by yourself. You know how to come and be close. And this is um, something that you'll see in secure adults. They know how to connect, right? And if they don't connect, it's not the end of the world. And that's how you know. Just look at your friends, maybe a family member, anybody around you who you feel like, wow, like this person is really like, what's the word? Uh, grounded? Yes, grounded in a way, right? That is the person who is securely attached. So, so yeah, so tips and advice for the specific attachment styles. You want to start? Mm-hmm. Okay. So this first tip goes for both anxious and avoidant. Just do your research. There's so many mm, videos on good. YouTube. You can learn more about yourself. I think learning about yourself is the best help because it's going to help you and help your spouse, mm-hmm. right? So for the self-work for the person who's anxious, I mean, you guessed it. You're going to have to learn how to be able to be secure in yourself, be secure by yourself. And we're not saying that you have to become 100% fully self-sufficient. Mm-hmm. But what we're saying is that you don't always want to be looking to your spouse to reassure you. Mm. Okay. So if you if you can find other ways to reassure yourself of the relationship, like I said before, the, the, the words don't have to leave your lips every time you feel or perceive that distance. You want to check what you're feeling first mm, before you go shooting off at the mouth, making accusations mm. or, or reaching for your spouse, right? Mm. Because sometimes our anxiety plays with us. Let's just be real. Sometimes we perceive things that are not there. Mm-hmm. Now, if you do have that distance that you feel that there is, right? I think being able to tell your spouse how to reassure you, I think that's a great thing to do. So for example, let's say my wife and, and I in conflict, right? She says that she needs some time away. I think sometimes when she takes the time away, that's when the anxiety in me begins to build because mm. like, hey, what's going to happen? She's mad at me, right? I'm anxious about it. But I found out that just letting her know, hey, babe, I'm going to give you the time that you need in order to come back to me and we can talk openly and honestly. But if you could reassure me about how you feel about our relationship or if you could reassure me a quick statement about, mm. you know, your love for me, that'd be great. Right. Then I can silence that voice in my head that's trying to make me go crazy. And so knowing ways for you to be reassured in the relationship is a great thing um, for you to know and for you to tell your spouse that at any time when you need that reassurance and it's not just in your head, but you actually do need that reassurance, they can give it to you. Also, learning to be by yourself for me was the biggest journey for me. That Mm. was it, it was a big learning curve and learning to be okay and by myself. And so I really was grateful to have a wife who is a, a pro in this. <laughs> and she really helped me just learn how to reap the benefits of being by yourself. Mm. And so for that person who is learning to be by themselves, please take it slow. Mm. Give yourself grace. Right. And take the time to really figure out what it is that you like. Don't copy what you see other people doing. Mm. Take the time to figure out what it is that that really brings you peace, brings you joy. And so that you can begin to enjoy that time by yourself as well, Mm -hmm. not just watching the clock as you give your spouse the time that they need. That's good. That's good. And I think that distance um, creates fondness. 
you get to come back and be like, oh, I missed you. Like, I love you, you know, like, and it's a good thing. Distance mm-hmm. is a good thing. You know, it doesn't have to be a bad thing. So definitely my tip for the person who is avoidant is you. we often live inside of our head. We often create a bubble or a wall that protects us. So the number one tip I would say is you need to communicate. You have to learn how to get yourself outside of your head and speak the things that you're speaking of. Speak the things that you're dealing with. Whether that is something that you that happened in the relationship that you don't like, or maybe something that you're going through, or you know whatever that thing is that's making you avoid connecting out of fear, you want to learn how to communicate those those things. Um, that was one of the major things that has helped me to be to connect better to Junior is by communicating and letting him know this is what I'm feeling, this is what I'm experiencing, this is what's happening, and that that really helped. I would also say for the the avoidant is you have to create a system, do something to help you be mindful to connect, right? Because if it's secondary to you, where it's just like, you're not seeking to connect all the time, you're, you know, oftentimes kind of an island, you create some type of system. I don't care if it's your reminders, if you are on, have a calendar app, your Gmail app, whatever that thing is, you can even talk to your spouse. Like what is a way that we can connect this week, right? And make sure you put it on your calendar, put the effort in, make it intentional so that you are you are pushing yourself to connect, right? So that's something that I do. I put things on calendars. You know, Junior has to tell me like, hey, where the spontaneity and stuff like that. I'm like, baby, I'm working on it, okay? (laughs) But I'm training myself. I'm teaching myself to come outside of that island, of that silo that I'm in and really go into, you know, pursuing my husband and trying to connect. And I'm like, no, there's love in that connection. There is safety in that intimacy. Like, I don't have to be afraid of the, of the intimacy, just like there's love and distance, there's love and connection there too. So that's super important. I think the last thing that we want to say is if you're in a relationship where you realize that these attachment styles are at play and maybe you guys are not in a secure attachment style yet, we want to make sure that you know it's important that you don't coddle these unhealthy attachment styles because over time it will erode the connection and the intimacy in your relationship. It can't last forever. I'm not saying y'all can get divorced or whatever like that, but it really just sours the relationship. So if you realize that your spouse is anxious and you kind of just you acquiesce to everything that they want, right? You don't draw boundaries, right? And you're kind of just continuously being violated through boundaries because the person needs to be next to you. You're really doing yourself and your relationship a disservice. And the same thing is for the avoidant, right? If you have, oh, well, they're just a strong, silent type. They just need to be by themselves. And you kind of coddle that unhealthy behavior, like, oh, they're just always by themselves. Over time, that distance goes from an inch to a mile very quickly. especially if life is happening, especially if you have children and businesses and careers and things like that, over time, that silence and that distance will grow greater and greater and greater. So it's very important that if you notice that these things are happening, that, you know, you address them, you know, if you need help, if you could talk to your pastor or a relationship coach or a therapist or whatever that thing is, you want to address this and work towards a secure attachment style. All right, that's all that we have for you guys today. Thank you all for tuning into this episode of Black Marriage Therapy. If you haven't yet, follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Black Marriage Therapy. Thanks again for listening. Talk to you soon.
Thank you.